Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Diecast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela Tarek, and I'm joined here with my dad, Stephen, and my brother, Ben. Um, this episode, we're going to be talking about the movie Strange Magic. It was my pick from the last die roll that we did. Um, before we get into that, we're going to give everybody a quick little update about how we've been doing. Uh, ben, why don't you go first? I've been doing pretty good. I've discovered the wonders and adventures of disc golf. Yes, we have a disc golf course at a local park, and I have been enjoying playing disc golf, learning all the different disc golf moves and playing some disc golf with my grandfather. Yep. So that's what I've been up to, my adventure of the week, and over to Dad. Thank you, Ben. It's very nice to know that you're enjoying disc golf. Um, I was able to um, interview a couple of people uh, that will be um, hearing later on in the podcast in the summer. And also, um, a lot of times people during this time are at home and they're coming up with, trying to come up with ideas of what to make that's different for dinner. And I'm talking to McKellen about this one time. I said, what they need is a cookbook that not only is just of recipes, but also stories to read about movies that we love. And what cookbook did they come up with, Michaela? The B-movie cookbook? From the ni- based on 1950s movies, and we have a little promo for it. The ghosts are moving tonight, restless, hungry. All right, fellas, here's your story. Greetings, my friend. We are all interested in the future, for that is where you and I are going to spend the rest of our lives. And we cannot keep this a secret any longer. Wait, Captain. I have found evidence of intelligent beings on this planet. Look to the skies. It's the B-Movie Cookbook. Menus inspired by 15 of your favorite B-movies from the 1950s. With teenage werewolves, blobs, and enough cheese for everyone. When we return to our planet, the High Court may well sentence you to torture. But until then, we've got Ed Wood and Vincent Price. There'll be food and drink and ghosts. And perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. So impress your friends with dinner and a movie. With... The B-Movie Cookbook. We've got you covered. Get your copy today at bmoviecookbook.com. That's bmoviecookbook.com. Let me see that book. I am interested to see what sways your mind so heavily. Sure thing. Just visit bmoviecookbook.com. Anybody around here want some coffee? And the B-Movie Cookbook is done with a friend of mine, Nick Brown and his wife, Fiona. And we own a copy of it. And uh, Mikhail and I have looked through it and... um, I think it's been pretty good. What do you think, Mikhail? I think it's been pretty cool. I think we're going to try and do the mac and cheese, the fried mac and cheese. Yes. Soon. Yeah, we're going to try and get that uh, done and see how we like that, which we probably will because it's mac and cheese that's fried. So it's kind of hard to not like mac and cheese. Right, Ben? I'm lactose intolerant. Yeah, you just take a lactate. You'll be fine. Yeah, Ben, you'll be fine. It's, it's only later that you'll have to worry about something. I know, right? But let's get back. You talk about strange things besides Ben's, you know, dietary track. What about the movie, Michaela? Okay, so I'm going to read the synopsis of the movie, and then we'll play the trailer for y'all. Um, so here's the synopsis. 
Bog King, leader of the Dark Forest, hates the notion of love and has ordered the destruction of all primroses, which are an essential ingredient of love potions. However, when he meets Marianne, a feisty fairy princess whose heart was broken by a philandering fiancé, he begins to change his mind. Meanwhile, an elf named Sunny makes his way to the Dark Forest to collect enough primroses for a potion of his own. And here is the trailer. That is the ugliest creature I have ever seen. And it was naked. I'm going to destroy you. No need to worry. I will protect the kingdom. My hair's doing that thing we both love. Whoa! Nobody ever goes into the dark forest. I'm not afraid of them. That's right. An army approaches. Sound the alarm. Potion's dangerous. It destroys order. I want it! Ah, you should see your face! Wait, I can show you. Ah! Ah! Don! Release my sister! Give me the potion by moondown, or you'll never see your sister again. We must rescue Don! Who's with me? Prepare to be shaken. Say hey, happy birthday. I'll be back around the way. Uh oh. You want an adventure? You got it. Thank you, Tony Rabbit. Spit. My mother. Don't you have a comb? Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. <sighs> oh, I think I got one of your antenna. You fight well. Wish I could say the same for you. What do you mean? I don't know. I was expecting more. What? Just kill me now. Make it quick. <laughs> Prisoner. No eating! Oh! Brutus! So, Michaela, um, why did you pick Strange Magic? Because I'd never heard of this movie until I had to watch it for this podcast. So, this was a movie as. Most of you have probably heard from previous podcasts. I work at a library, and um, I've been working for the, in the same library system, not at the same branch, um, for about six or seven years now. And um, one of my jobs that I had there was to shelve materials. And so we have a large selection of DVDs, and this one DVD that I would always see was called Strange Magic. And... It looked interesting. I liked the artwork and stuff on the cover of it. And I thought, you know, one day I'm going to check it out. And Ben and Patrick and I will end up watching it together. And we'll just see if it's any good or not. And so one day, a couple years ago, 
I ended up checking it out and brought it home and sat it on the coffee table and Ben and Patrick watched it and they were like, Kaylee, you got to watch this movie. So then we sat down and we watched the movie and like, this is a really good movie. We like this movie. So we proceeded to keep the DVD for a couple weeks from the library and would watch it on and off together. Um, And we really enjoyed it. So that's why I picked it. Well, I guess, Ben, we don't have to ask you about what was your first time watching this movie because I think it was just explained. But what was your first impressions of it since you saw it technically before Michaela? Well, yeah, so... I came home and I saw it on the coffee table and I was like, oh, this looks like a good movie. So I grabbed Patrick and we went and watched it without Michaela. I didn't know that she wanted to watch it with it. Well, I think I did, but I think it had been there for a little bit and we just hadn't had the chance to watch it together. So Patrick and I went and watched it. Yeah, I think we just hadn't been able to have a time where we could, the three of us could sit down together and watch it. But it was really good. I didn't expect it to be a musical. And Patrick, I don't think, did either. And I really didn't expect it to have the kind of songs it had in it that weren't, like, new songs, but were older songs. Yeah, honestly, I will say, full disclosure, I did not know it was a musical the first time I picked it up. I just thought, oh, it's a cute animated movie with fairies and stuff. And I was like, we'll like that. Yeah. It's a musical. That's kind of what Patrick and I thought. We saw it and I was like, oh, this looks cool. It's probably like a movie like Epic where it's just... Uh, or like Arthur and the Invisibles. Yeah, where it's just like a fantasy animation movie with little creatures that do little things. But no, it's a musical. And I don't know, the first time that I watched it, I thought that it was good, but it threw me a little bit because like... While I was watching it, I was like, oh, man, some of these characters' names only work with some of these songs, or, like, the songs only work because the characters have certain names. Like, uh, the song Come On Marianne, or Marianne, by the Four Seasons, Mm -hmm. was one of the songs, and it really only works in the scene because one of the characters' names is Marianne. So it's like, it fits, but it's very on the nose. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I was also excited because one of the characters is Elijah Kelly, or one of the voice actors is Elijah Kelly, who plays the elf, Sonny. And I had seen him in Hairspray, and he did a good job in Hairspray. I liked his singing in this, too. And Hairspray holds a special spot in Ben's heart because he was able to do that in the theater. And what role did you play in Hairspray, Hairspray Ben? Edna Turnblood. And it, it was... It was to die for him up there, just doing his all. Oh, it was great. He was better than John Travolta in the movie. It's on YouTube. Seek it out. You might want to. You might watch, and then you get to see Ben go for it. <laughs> He's shaking his head. Well, he brought up the YouTube, not me. So I'll, I mean, it's, he might edit this out. I don't know. No, my friends watch it on YouTube sometimes. Make fun of me. They'll like text me a picture of them watching it, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, good one, guys." Well, you did have to borrow Dad's high heels for the role, so. Yeah, I'm glad you had those size 13 red high heels. Yeah, one of the things um, that I do on occasion is um, walk um, walk a mile in her shoes, uh, which helps raise money for um, crisis, rape crisis centers and sexual assault centers. And um, one of the ladies who runs the thing up in um, near our area, um, I didn't have 
shoes. That's size, so she went and bought me the shoes and things like that. Because you know, when you have size 13s uh, wide, it's kind of hard to find stuff. So she found it for me, and uh, so yes. And then, and by, by sheer luck, it helped Ben out with his um role. And moving back to the movie, um, so Ben and I have both talked about our first experience watching the movie. Why don't you? Give us a little bit of your thoughts as this having been your first time watching the movie, Dad. I know you were not too excited when I picked it because you'd never heard of it before. But what did you think when I told you that it was by Lucasfilms? Because the movie is by Lucasfilms. Yes, and story by George Lucas. That did surprise me when I saw that on the opening titles that it was by Lucasfilms. I was really like, what? It's not Star Wars. <laughs> I think it's the only animated film that's come out by Lucasfilm that does not involve Star Wars. And considering what it did in the box office, I don't think they're coming out with any animated films that don't involve Star Wars in the near future. When Michaela brought it up, you know, being the, the diligent person I am, I looked it up in the ever-knowing Wikipedia, because we all know if it's in Wikipedia, it must be true. And uh, the, the movie cost an estimated 70 to 100 million to make, and it made globally 13.6 million. Let's just round it up and be nice and say 14, you know, and just throw it out there. So, it, by any definition of the word, was a financial bomb. But having said that, just because it's a financial bomb doesn't mean it can't be a good movie. It could still be a good movie, just maybe it came at the wrong time, the wrong place, or went up against the wrong movies at that particular juncture. I will hold most of my thoughts for later in the podcast as we go through the different things. I don't want to play my hand too soon to which way I'm going to go with recommends. Obviously, you two have, and I'm going to keep my hands, my cards close to the vest. It was, wasn't it the first movie put out by Lucasfilms, Lucasfilms after they got bought by Disney? Yeah, it was the first um, Lucasfilms that was distributed distributed by Disney, um, by Walt Disney Studios Motion Pictures after they had bought Lucasfilms. So, unfortunately, though, I did check. It is not on Disney+, and that made me very sad because I do really like this movie. Honestly, I was kind of shocked after I looked it up and saw its, like, Rotten Tomatoes score, its Media Critic score, and how little money it made. I was kind of shocked that the library even had bought a copy of it and, and ben, what was that rotten tomatoes score was it like 13 percent? oh ben something? you're being too harsh it was 17 percent ben it was 17 percent <laughs> yes i knew exactly what i was walking into when i saw these different things I'm, i didn't read the plots i didn't know what was going to happen i just looked at these different outliers and i'm thinking okay this is this is going to be interesting it's a good kind of interesting though at least for me and Ben and our little brother Patrick, we all like this movie. I didn't say I didn't like it, I or, did, or I did like it. I'm just saying yeah. I'm I'm keeping I'm going to keep the listeners in suspense. Okay. 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 Let Let's pull out some of our likes. What mm-hmm. were a couple of things that you liked about the film, Michaela? Well, I would like to talk about one of my favorite characters in this movie, and that is the imp. You see this you see the imp very early on in like the opening credit scene is this little white kind of rat 
opossum-like looking creature and he's really cute but rather mischievous and he all he wants to do is spread love and he's good at it he's really good at it like you if you watch this movie you will see he goes through this whole forest and there's love all over the place yes there is and and i will say when the imp shows up in the movie proper Uh um that was a changing thing for me because up, up to that point, I was not really enjoying this movie until the imp showed up. So the imp is also one of my favorite characters in this movie because, and the imp doesn't have any dialogue that I know of. It just He makes, doesn't talk. He squeaks. Yeah, squeaks. So it's all. Squeaks and pantomime. He doesn't, he doesn't talk. But from that point on, the imp is a very important character in the movie and it really brings a lot of um, humor and energy that was um, missing to me. Up until mm-hmm. that point. Yeah, you do get a lot more comedy with the imp. It's more like the uh, almost at one point thought that he was going to do the Elmer Fudd and Daffy Duck. Yeah. Daffy Duck where Daffy where it was duck hunting season and Daffy would go through the log and then spin it around when Elmer went through it. So that Elmer would come out at the same side every single time or he would like go look like he went through it off of a cliff and then Elmer would go through it and fall off the cliff. I thought he was going to do that to Sonny, but sadly, it was not so. Well, I mean, they went against expectations. Sometimes it's a good thing, and sometimes it's a bad thing, and sometimes it's just nothing. You know, but but like I said, I really think that when the imp showed up, it it really, the the movie just picks up and everything just gets a lot better. So, so, The the pacing starts to pick up. You get more of a, like, intrigue. So, like, before this point... You had the like fairy kingdom and then you had the dark forest and though the two were right next to each other, they didn't quite meet or interact so much with each other. And then the imp and it's like, hello, we're in the dark forest now. It also, it was a big break from the music in the show because Mm -hmm. up to this point, it's been like what, six consecutive songs just it about one. It was a lot of songs, like, yeah. a but lot not, of songs but not full songs in a row. Yeah. Um, with a little bit of dialogue in between, but no real like break from the songs until Sonny and the Imp are traveling through the forest together. Mm-hmm. The dark forest. After the primroses. And then you got to take the primroses to the Sugar Plum Fairy, who is another one of my favorite characters. And I think she, I think you like her as well, Ben. Or was no that comment. Patrick? I liked her. I think that was Patrick. I think she's Patrick's favorite character. Um, yeah, played by um, was it Christine Chenoweth? Chenoweth. Kristen Chenoweth. Who was also in the um, the theater, the theater version of Wicked, the original one as Glenda or what the, the the White Witch. Glenda, the Good Witch. Glenda. The Good Witch. Yeah, the Good Witch. And um, so she she brought in um, also some great humor and energy. Mm-hmm. And when she was first introduced. I said this to you guys when I was watching it. Um, the way they had her in the case because she was imprisoned, it reminded me of one of my favorite <laughs> fantasy movies from the 80s, Crawl, K-R-U-L-L, where they were, um, the old man was going to... Um, the spider? The, the lady was trapped in the spider case, which was his old love. Yeah. And, and she, she was like, a, a, a magical person also. But it, it reminded me... As a, as a homage to how that whole encasement was in the ball. And I was just like, oh, that reminds me of Crawl. Whether it was intentional or not, I don't know. 
but it did remind me of that movie, and I love that movie, so it's a good thing when I see that stuff. So those are positive things that were hitting in a row for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Ben? What were some of the likes that you had from the movie? Um, I did like the song choices. I, I like a good bit of older music, so some of the songs were very familiar to me, and I liked them. Um, this is probably the only movie I've ever heard Sugar Pie Honey Bunch in once, but it's in it a lot. Like, that song is in this movie a ton. Like, not not the full song. Just just snippets just, of it. Just snippets Just the part where they actually say Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. Because, so you, you see, so this love potion, when you, so how the love potion works is you sprinkle it on somebody, and then the next person they see, they fall in love with. And um, when they fall in love, you know, you want to sing about it. And so the song of choice for this love potion is Sugar Pie Honey Bunch. And as we said earlier, the imp is spreading love throughout the dark forest. So you just hear all of these creatures singing together. With varying degrees of success. Yep, varying degrees. But there is one way that the love potion doesn't work. That is correct. If the person's already in love. Mm -hmm. With somebody else. Yep, real love. True love. Yes. Uh, some of my other likes. I like the Bog King's voice and his singing voice. Alan Cummings does a great job. I liked how his singing voice, it wasn't necessarily the best singing voice. Like, it wasn't necessarily the best rendition of the songs that he was doing. But, but it, it had fit the character. It had a lot more texture to his voice than some of the other characters. Um, kind of like the Sugar Plum Fairy, where there, there was more to the voice than just the singing where they had more character in their voice that fit them better. Uh, I also liked Sonny. I liked a lot of the songs that Sonny sang. I liked a lot of the little creatures that were just thrown in the film, Mm -hmm. like how George Lucas just throws creatures into movies. I thought that it was was very good. I liked the style of animation, too. Yeah, I really did like the animation. And as I said, um, one of the things that drew me to pick up this movie in the first place was just seeing the art on the cover which was the same art that was in the movie and that was one of the things it was like well i think i would like this and i think my brothers would like this too so that's why i was gonna get it well i agree i enjoyed the way it looked i enjoyed the um, world world building that they did i did find it funny that from the enchanted forest to the dark forest it was there was no barrier it was literally um just take a step and you're in it yep (laughs) Take a step and you're out. I mean, it was just like if you went from one room to another room. I was thinking, you know, it, it, there should have been a little more foreboding going, like like you like you knew you were going in. So many characters accidentally go into the dark forest and like, oh, I'm in the dark forest. And I'm thinking, you know, it, 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 I don't know. To me, it should have been a little more of um, like, you know, you're making that journey into the bad place. And one person accidentally going into it is fine, but, but so many things people going in there where they're flying or running and it's just like come on really that's a lot of people not knowing where the dark forest which has been there for god knows how long (laughs) it is also kind of strange at least it was to me that the creatures of the dark forest and the creatures of the fairy kingdom aren't supposed to necessarily get along like they both have armies that are supposedly to fight each other with if needed yet there's like no barriers between them it, it's literally just like this area is darker than this area therefore it's a different country 
And at least the Dark Forest had sentries, mushroom sentries. The longest game of telephone ever. Yeah. Yeah. They actually had some sort of defense system set up. The Fairy Kingdom's defense system is like... Non-existent? Nor any sentries. I mean, you you think if you were worried about what's coming from the Dark Forest, you at least would have some lookouts at the area to like... They're coming to the kingdom, you know, and run off. But it was um, very... Well, whoever designed, designed the defense of the good king, or the fairy kingdom did a very poor job and should have been fired. It was probably <laughs> Roland. Probably Roland. Roland. Great voice. Great singing voice. The good dude hair. is a jerk, but he has an incredible voice. I don't like Roland. I didn't like his voice. And I thought it was a very predictable character. The only real good thing about Roland was Chipper. Oh, yeah, he rides around on a chipmunk. No, it's a squirrel. squirrel. Oh, I thought it was a chipmunk. The squirrel, the tail. Figured he would have named a chipmunk Chipper and a squirrel something else. Well, Roland's stupid. And he rides a cool squirrel. That was the only good thing about him is he had a nice mount. Mm -hmm. He also does really, he organizes some synchronized dancing really well. Like he missed his calling. He's here trying to be this, like... King. King who has an army, gets to go and fight people, and he goes swishy-swish with his sword in the air, and he's trying to be a ladies' man. The dude should have been a dance choreographer. He can sing, he can dance, and he has the ability to control people and make them dance. These are three key things you need to be a dance choreographer. I'm just saying. Are you looking into this as a field of um, future prospects for yourself? No, I'm, I'm just saying. Roland could have had it made. He could have been a dance choreographer, made the snazziest flash mob dances in the whole fairy kingdom. Still could. It could be a sequel. There's probably not going to be a sequel to this movie. I rolled my eyes when I said it because it was like, you know, when I, when we said financial bomb, it usually means there will never be a sequel. <laughs> that doesn't always mean the same thing to George Lucas. George Lucas likes getting money, not losing money. That's true. Okay. Usually. He is, he is known to go and back and just do things to make it how he wants it. Okay, so is there any other likes that we wanted to share? Dad, did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? Well, it's, it's like I said, once the imp shows up, it moves from a very predictable movie, the imp as being an agent of chaos, um, you know, and stuff like that, really changes the dynamics because now you're not sure exactly what's going on. It's the same thing with the sugar plum fairy. Mm-hmm. because when she gets unleashed, she starts doing stuff. Um, she was kind of like a genie-esque type character, you know, from genie meaning like um, from Aladdin, where she would change her shape, show different things and that kind of stuff, and uh, adds a lot of humor to a scene. So those two being agents of chaos together, um, and they weren't working together. Did, um, the, the, the sugar plum fairy did not like the imp and was in, when told Sonny when she made him the love potion, do not let the imp get the love potion and stuff like that. But I mean, uh, as, as for the overall story, it was pretty much uh, predictable as to what was going to happen, who was going to do what very early on. And I think they could have hit it a little better. But then again, this is also a movie designed for younger people. When George Lucas was doing it for his daughters, that was his whole concept when he came up with it. And um, so it was not aimed at somebody like myself. And, and and I know that going in, but I but you know I will say the two characters that really helped the movie move faster were Sonny and the M because they did a lot of things together 
and they had intersecting plot lines a lot. And the elf whose name I don't remember that was with Sonny. Yeah, who had he added a lot of comedy to it as well, being kind of like the quieter companion of Sonny who's louder and more energetic as they tried to capture the imp and get the love potion back. But the imp made one fatal mistake, making the lizard, Lizzie, fall in love with Sonny and his elf friend. Sonny is also an elf. But after the lizard fell in love with them, it was donezo for the imp. They were eventually able to trap him in the mouth of the lizard. And at first, the imp denied having the love potion. But then Sonny said, okay, I will go and wait for you at the other side of the lizard. And then miraculously, the imp had the love potion. And then Sonny had the love potion. And then they became friends. And I think the whole time the imp wanted to be friends of Sonny. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but of course, since they did not speak the same language, it was hard for the imp to communicate to that to Sonny. Yep. Anybody else have any likes? Um, we haven't really talked about the fairies too much besides Roland. Um, I do have to say, so there are two fairy, I guess, princesses in this movie. Um, Marianne, who's the older sister, and her younger sister, Dawn. And I have to say, I do like Marianne. Um, I like, she is probably the character that goes on the biggest transformation that you see on screen. Um, But she does it very early in the film. Yeah, very early in the film. But I do have to say, it's a very good, like, whole song, transformation, arc, scene, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I do have to say, I think the person, not necessarily... I guess the personality or the aesthetic that she takes on um, after her transformation fits her a lot better than the one she had before. Because at least to me before, she didn't really seem to have much of a personality. She almost didn't look the part before. Yeah, it didn't look like she, like her dress and stuff didn't look like they fit her quite well um whereas after she goes through and does the whole costume change thing it looks like it more fits her and what led her to the transformation michaela her no good philander and fiance roland 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 they were about to get married on that day on the day they're about to get married they've already seen each other once and had their whole little duet song thing together and then Marianne goes to see him again, and what does she find? Him kissing a girl. That was not her. Always remember, it is bad luck to see your spouse, future spouse, on the wedding day, as they said several times. Well, it's bad luck, but it's also you don't cheat. You know, that's true. I mean, he just wanted her to get to the crown, to get to the army, so he can be King Roland. He didn't care about her about her at all. He just he was a narcissistic jerk. And he deserved whatever's going to come to him. he got. Yes. But the only negative is, is that happens very early in the film. Yep. <laughs> Literally, like, the first sequence of scenes. You don't get much of an introduction to the film. It, it literally starts with, with Marianne, Marianne on her wedding day, singing, being happy, being in love, and... She accidentally goes into the dark forest for a second and then pops back out and her hair's all messed up. And then she bumps into Roland and all of a sudden she's singing and happy again. But you get a little bit more of that like tomboyish kind of hair look and more of a rebellious kind of look to her character. 
having said that, I'm not saying that that, that happening very early in the film is a negative because it transforms her. And I think then it gives her, a, she's a better character mm-hmm. after the transformation and really is not needing help from anybody. And eventually when she does encounter the bald king, when she's trying bald to rest, king. the bald king. You said bald. bald. He is bald. King. That's true. He is bald, but he is the bald king. He's bald definitely not king. the boggy woggy kingy wingy. Yes. <laughs> when she goes to try to rescue her sister, um, those two have a fight and they're equals in that battle. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, um, are getting to rather know each other and, and be really happy about each other because it's like certain things are like they're hitting them as they're as they're fighting, as they're saying certain stuff that the king has a transformation and has a character arc during the movie from that point on. So hers is early on, but then he has one. And so does the sister. So there's a few people that do have some change in the movie where they start off as one type of character and do morph into another. And, um, you know, so... But I, I just liked how her character was a strong character after the transformation of the experience of Roland because before that she was almost like an airhead princess type thing. And then after that, she was very much more grounded and, and stronger and tougher. Mm-hmm. I do have to say though, that Roland and Marianne's epic dance fight sing off thing is probably one of my favorite parts in the first half of the movie, because you really get to see Marianne, as her like as her new self as or I think of her as more like her true self and how she is once she's no longer has her rose tinted glasses on or sees the world through this tinted view of childhood um and I really enjoy it I also enjoy the song choice for that part of the scene well I don't think it's just her scene with like him also him seeing her and him coming out of his shell realizing oh i can be in love you know with somebody because at the time he was just thinking nobody ever love him a love potion couldn't even get somebody to love him i was talking about roland we're talking about when she when he's singing come on marianne and roland is singing now dad i believe you wanted to talk about the other fight with swords song duet part between Marianne and the Bog King. One, I believe she's singing uh, Straight On, straight to, on you. to You. And I don't remember what he's singing. Oh, he sings a song that was weird. Um, the Gambler Understands? I think it's called The Gambler. I'm not sure what song they're singing at that time, but when they're fighting, it's just, and you hear a little bit of this in the trailer, which we played earlier. You could see them both realizing how much they're drawn to each other when they're doing their fight and that kind of thing. And there's a part where she's blocking every one of his blows easily, just like he's blocking every one of her blows easily. Mm-hmm. But I like how she says, I was just expecting something more. And instead of him being like, oh, my, I can't believe it. He's like, wow, this woman is the woman of for me. You know, like he's starting to realize that there's, they have a lot in common with different things. And it's just kind of funny that you see that during the, the, the fight scene, you know, the, the little banter going back and forward, which draws them in, which leads – Later on to their duet together in the song Strange Magic, where they're both flying around the dark forest and she's realizing it's not that bad of a place. It just looks different than our place, which is the whole point of the movie and uh, or one of the points of the movie. And uh, there's a there's a time where um, they're flying together and then there's this thorn bush or, or whatever 
and she couldn't really get in, but he comes back in and helps guide her through, and she trusts him so she can keep her wings in to go through it because his wings are different than her wing, and they fly through, and then they, it's just how they bond together and start to learn to trust one another. And um, I like that song. I like that little interaction between them. And I do as well. Um, was there any other likes we wanted to add before we moved on to any dislikes or any or things that we thought could have been improved upon? I really like Michaela. I really liked how Marianne kind of kicked Rollins' butt in the. I believe they said it was at the spring dance, where mm-hmm. she literally hits him with the door on the way out. And I will say, her dad really likes Roland for some reason. It's just some unexplained reason. Her dad is extremely accepting that Roland made a mistake and he still wants him to marry his daughter. Honestly, every time I watch it, um, when Roland starts to serenade Marianne to try and win her back at the spring dance and Marianne's father is like, I think he says like so romantic or something. Part of me just wants to be, just marry him yourself. If he's so romantic. Anyway, that's just my two cents on that part. I don't like the dad because of that. You know, really, it, it's it's just unacceptable. You know, if somebody did that to my daughter, I would never, ever want her to be around that guy. And if that guy tried to show up again, it would not be good for him. So I have no respect for the king. The other thing part. is, I, I'm not sure that Marianne ever told her family that Roland cheated on her. Because she it, she specifically showed that she didn't tell Dawn about it. And it kind of seems like nobody ever told, like neither of them told anybody that that's why their marriage was broken off. Well, the one thing when that happens, they don't say how much time has gone by. And I've always, in my own logic, looked at and figured a a, a significant amount of time, maybe up to a year has gone by, Mm -hmm. um, at least, you know, in, in between that incident. And I think they would have found out because he admits like, oh, he made a mistake. So I think he knows because Roland probably told him, not realizing that she never said it to him. And I think the king did know. And I still don't, even if he didn't, you know, if she doesn't want to get married to the guy, does it really matter what her reasoning, her reasoning is? Don't force it. You know I mean? They didn't set anything up for like, oh, he has to marry her because these two kingdoms have to unite for us to have this better defensive system. You know, like there's no... Like a political reason, which they used to do back in the medieval, the feudal days, medieval days of marrying and that kind of stuff. It still happens somewhat today um, in some countries. But the thing is, it, it shouldn't, you know, if she doesn't want to marry him, she doesn't want to marry him, period. So let's go so into we've things we kind of segued into dislikes with talking about the fairy king. Is there any other dislikes or things we thought could be improved upon? Dad? The, the whole beginning. The beginning was really terrible until the imp showed up it was just paced badly i know you guys like the song choices i did not like the song choices because they were it's not like a typical musical or animated musical where they write songs specifically for that film and they fit they're taking these older songs and taking segments of them and putting them in to try to make it a musical and because of that it has um, less emotion to those songs for those characters and at one point, from what I read, they originally were thinking of having this whole movie be by song, that there would be no dialogue whatsoever, um, similar to like Jesus Christ Superstar, a, a much superior musical to this one. And um, 
So th- th- that's the part to me. It's just like, oh yeah, th- these are nice songs, but how do they fit in the movie? And it wasn't working as well. I think they were trying, I'm not sure when Guardians of the Galaxy came out in relationship to this film. Uh, I think Guardians came out earlier. I'm not sure. I think so. This is this the fifth year anniversary of this movie? Yeah. So Guardians had to come out before it and, and probably everybody's like, oh yeah, Guardians, they took these songs and they put it in and everybody was all happy with it. But it, 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 it was a lot different than this. Guardians of the Galaxy 1 was not a musical and it was using some songs to interplay, you know, from, when there's scenes where there's no dialogue going on to help things move along. And in this film, it just, like I said, it, it, it did not work for me. And that's why I think I like the imp so much because the imp doesn't sing. <laughs> I think it almost would have been better if instead of starting off with Marianne's breakup, they started off with the Bog King's breakup or like his traumatic past experience with a relationship. For one thing, the, there were just better characters in the Dark Forest. Like his mom, way better than the Fairy King oh, yeah. as a character. World's better. She gets more, well, for one thing, she gets more screen time. She's more fleshed out and Griselda. just a more interesting voice for an animated movie that fits the character it fits the look of the character and the design and really the whole dark forest kind of grouping had a lot more atmosphere and a lot more emotion than the fairy kingdom did and they almost had more of like a like a family feel with some of the goblins the the bald king's mother the bald king the mushrooms they kind of had more of a community feel than the fairy kingdom actually did I know we we're talking about things we thought could have improved. One of the things you just mentioned that we didn't talk about and things that we liked. I did like the mushrooms. Being um, when we do uh, the Cub Scout leader, and I know like Ben and Patrick, when I would take them out to different things or summer camp or whatever, we'd always, or we'd do this in our den, we would do the uh, telephone game where one boy would say one thing to another one and two would say to another one, you know. And by the time you got to the last person and they would say, what they were told, it was totally different than what the first person said. And the, the, the mushroom communication system, I thought that's why the messages were getting screwed up at the end. But then we come to find out it really wasn't the mushroom's fault. It was the end goblin who just could not understand what was being said by the last mushroom. He kept, mm-hmm. he kept, um, if you listen to it, you can get, you could figure out what he was trying to say or what the mushrooms had said, but it would be like thrown off and people would be like, what, what, you know, and that kind of thing. So, so you thought it was the telephone game, but in actuality, it was just the last person getting the message totally screwed up. And he could have been right there with the, when the first mushroom. And so, I so it was, I thought what early on it was the telephone game, but then I realized, no, it's the goblin. He can't hear right. He has some issues. He tries, though. I don't know what his name is, but he really tries. He nailed it. I guess you could say that. Okay, so is there any other improvement things we want to talk about? I will say they tried to go too far to make the songs work in the scenes. Mm -hmm. Like, they kind of went to extremes. I mentioned it earlier where they did Come On Marianne, and the main female character's name is Marianne. They really, they kind of overused Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, and they could have picked a lot of different songs. It is hysterical that it's Sugar Pie Honey Bunch, but it, it would have worked better with different songs. Uh, they're very on the nose with a lot of their song choices. Like Strange Magic is one of, when they sing it, is one of the better scenes in the show, and they named the show Strange Magic. So it's it's predictable song choices. 
I like the songs, but it was very on the nose. There's a reason I like the Strange Magic song was because it fit what the characters were feeling at that time and, and went with that part. And as you said, the other ones, it was almost like, oh, we want to use these songs. How can we fit them into the story? And so they altered the story to fit the songs instead of the, the other way around. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think you notice when music is written for the story, it, and then when it's done well, it flows so much better in a lot of other musicals, especially animated musicals. Um, and then you really and really enjoy it. I mean, like you think about like The Lion King, Beauty and the Beast, and, and movies of those that, of like that. It, it really fl- fleshes out the story. I mean, you might have a song here or there in the film that doesn't work as well, but the vast majority of the songs just fit everything because of the way it's being tailored. This is um, putting the cart in front of the horse, so to speak, and it really, I think, messes up the movie. And I think that's part of why people might not have gone because of the, the trailer. They're hearing more modern, like not, not even modern, they're hearing old songs of a modern movie, and people are probably thinking, who is this movie aimed at? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say the... Uh Various characters had songs that fit them better than others. Like the songs that Sonny sings fit his character better than the songs that, like, I would say Roland sang. Roland's songs kind of seemed more forced than a lot of the other characters. Uh, He also has a very different voice than everyone else that lives in the area that he does. He has a southern twang to his voice. Yeah, and and everybody else kind of speaks similarly in the Fairy Kingdom, so it was a little weird. Um... And there are just there are some other characters where their songs fit them better, like the Bog King. His songs fit his voice a lot better. I mean, Strange Magic didn't really fit his voice. He was kind of going out of his range for that. But they fit his character more than songs that Dawn was singing at times. Mm-hmm. Mikhail, do you have anything you thought could have been improved? Mm-hmm. I do agree with what you guys were saying about the very beginning of the movie how it would have been nice if they had shown us maybe like the bog king sending out his forces to cut down all the primroses and then maybe cut to like as they were going out then maybe kind of like zooming out to where marianne was like flying around and singing and everything because that would have at least introduced the two main characters rather quickly to the um movie and shown i guess kind of like why the goblins were out towards the edge of the dark forest when marianne ran into them um and at least maybe set up some of that tension just a little bit more um i do agree that some of the songs are a little bit forced into the semantics of the movie and the storyline i still enjoy it anyway because i just let it I just don't really think about it too much, and I just watch the movie and enjoy it. One other thing that I kind of just remembered was, at the start of the movie, I thought there was going to be a narrator throughout it. Because it started off with somebody opening this scroll that's a map of the land and giving his little bit of monologue. And you never see that again until basically the end. And really, the narrator wasn't needed at all. I mean, it, for this movie, it goes what it goes into. There's one thing I want to differ with Ben. Um, ben was saying about how he wished the the, the Bog King would have um, his backstory would have been earlier on about like why he didn't like the love potion and stuff. And I like that it was like later when they get to the fairy um, plum sugar plum yeah sugar plum fairy and they find out 
older is that there's a reason. And it's like this like secret thing that he doesn't want to be known because prior to that, you think he's just the, the, the normal, typical villain who, oh, I just don't like love. Mm-hmm. And then you find out it actually goes deeper later in the movie. And I thought that was a nice little twist to find out that there was that little um, method there. And I think, I think that for me, it held up nicer not having that revealed yeah. too soon. I was just meaning rather than having Marianne's backstory, having his instead, or really just more time with him in his dead log castle thing with his mother and goblins. But I agree with um, both of you, I think, that the time spent with the fairies, we wish there had been more time spent with the goblins and the other side because they were the more interesting characters. And, and, and I think it would have been interesting to see what if Marianne's journey would have gone there earlier mm-hmm. to save Dawn and would have been longer in there, her going through the dark forest and that kind of stuff, um, and then coming back and then Roland leading the army towards them and, you know, to, to, to so in a sense to save them or whatever. Um, I think that would have been a little nicer if, you know, there'd been more time in there. But I think that the main reason I'm thinking that way is because the first, what, 20 minutes of the movie, they're for the most part in the ferry area and that it, it just didn't work for me. So, of course, I wanted to be more in the area where it did work, but then maybe too much of that could have actually made, oh, now they're in there too much, and it might have actually been less effective. So it's, it's kind of like, a, you know, you, you, too much of a good thing could actually make things bad. Mm-hmm. I almost think that they didn't need the whole thing where Roland and Marianne were going to get married. Instead, they could have just had Marianne start as a more rebellious character in the beginning, and it could have started at that dance scene where Roland's trying to impress her and not necessarily doing that same songs, but he's trying to impress her and he's like the suitor that her dad likes and they're trying to force her into marriage and then she's it having develops. None of it. Yeah, and then it develops from there where you don't need this failed wedding attempt to constitute her backstory, whereas you can just have this thing where Roland's trying to impress her and win her over and so he's trying to go and save Dawn, and she doesn't really care for Roland, and she's trying to go and save her sister on her own because she's independent. And Sonny still does the same thing with the love potion because you just put in the scenes where it establishes, like, Marianne's a little bit of a controlling sister, almost like a mother, and is trying to be a little bit overprotective of Dawn, especially around boys. So Sonny's doing his best friend thing to help dawn out and he's fallen in love with her and tries to go and get the love potion to get Dawn to fall in love with him because he's in the friend zone he's trying to get out of the friend zone is there anything else that we want to mention about this movie last thoughts or anything okay then let's move into the recommendations ben would you recommend this movie i would recommend this movie would you recommend it to everybody um, for the most part, I guess, yeah. All right. Um, and then we'll go on to mine. I would strongly recommend this movie to anybody and everybody. Um, I think it's a nice, lighthearted movie. 
uh, where you can sit back, relax, and listen to some good songs and watch some beautiful animation. And even if it doesn't necessarily all make perfect sense, it's still enjoyable. How about you, Dad? The surprise of the episode. Would you recommend this movie? Well, this is an interesting film. Um, as I said earlier, I don't know who to market. I think this is why the movie failed financially because they didn't know who to market the film to. You have older songs, which the younger audience are not going to be familiar with because it's a different vibe. It's, it's, it's not for that generation typically. So that's one you know, mark against it. But then again, if you're trying to get the people that know those songs to watch it, they're not going to be probably drawn into a computer-generated animated movie, you know, you know, computer-generated graphics and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I think they were trying to do it because that way they, the theory was, oh, mom and dad will bring their children to see the movie. The children will love the movie, and the, and the parents would love the songs. So I think that was the, the mindset of what they were trying to go for. Um, as I said earlier, there's a good portion in the movie where it was very, very slow and getting going. Um, the acting, the voice acting and the graphics and the, and the artwork were good. There's only a couple people I didn't really care for, like which we already mentioned. Um, and that, and I'm not just saying I didn't care for them because of their acting. I just didn't care for those particular characters. But the, the graphics were good. Uh, the story could have been tightened up a little bit, especially at the beginning. I think, you know, having a different maybe um, way, the way to start it off like we talked about. So as to what I recommend this movie, I'm going to give it, for my age group, a weak recommend for my group. Now, if you're younger, you probably, as, as Mikhail and Ben are like, you might enjoy it, you probably enjoy it a lot better. And it seems to be checked out at the library with, somewhat frequency because that's how Mikhail noticed it because it keeps going out and coming back, going out and coming back, which says that the movie just came out at the wrong time or was marketed, like I said, probably very poorly. And, um, and, and again, I don't know what it was up against at that time, you know, and those kind of things. But, but overall, once the imp showed up, thank God he showed up, like I think in the first, near after the first third of the movie, maybe 40% in, from that point on, it was it was a fun ride, and I really enjoyed the two main characters after that point, and, um, and that kind of stuff. So like I said, I'll give it a weak recommend. Okay. So now we're going to roll to see which movie we'll pick next. So first is going to be the die roll to see who picks the movie. Steven won. No. Oh, yeah, baby. Oh, yeah. Roll it, Cam McKenna. And now, uh, just to remind everybody, the categories we're going to be rolling for are animation, comedy, foreign, independent, sci-fi, and fantasy. So here we go for Dad's next pick. Please don't be animation. It's independent. Oh, independent. Uh, there's a lot of possibilities I can go with there. I'm liking that. All right. And so to close out this podcast, we're going to play you the title song from the movie. And stay tuned to next time to see which movie we pick next. Tough girl. 